What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Ride Share Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RideShareRodeo.com, WithPara.com. I'm your host, SJ, and let's get it on. So, a uh, few things that I want to talk about this week. Um, also, this is the first week we're doing a live uh, podcast here on Podbean um, that will then go up, obviously, as podcast number 47. Um so you can listen to it anytime, but we're just testing out the waters here, see how the sound sounds. And uh, it's kind of more foresh- foreshadowing, looking ahead at uh, some guests that we want to have on, multiple guests at the same time to debate some issues and just talk about some things in the gig world and how it's going. And um, different episodes will have different things, but um, you know, like maybe one time we'll have a bunch of drivers on, one time we'll have a bunch of app-based delivery people on from different platforms in different cities, I think it'll form a really interesting conversation to see how much market-to-market differences, which is something we talk about often here on the podcast. Um, So welcome to the first live podcast. Um, This was not really planned, um, and when I decided to do it, uh, um, yeah, we just kind of ran with it because, uh, again, we've never done this so people can join in and uh, ask questions people can um uh in the message if you're in the podbean app you can ask to come on and i can invite you to the call in we can have up to eight people at once um i am hoping to have potentially um uh ron from entree courier He's another uh, Colorado folk like myself who does, um, he, he pretty much does his stuff around app-based food delivery platforms, whereas I do most of my stuff based on app-based rideshare uh, applications. But um, a lot of gig economy stuff falls over into ours as well. But he primarily based on this, so we're hoping to get him. And then I know I'm going to probably get uh, Jimmy and David, my... Uh, uh, partners in crime over it with para here at the end because i i, I want to talk about uh briefly an overview of what we discussed last week a little bit and where it's gone since then um regarding higher taxes for app-based gig workers and the pro act so um it's nothing going to be get too heavy but um just to see if anybody wants to join in uh If you're from California and you were part of AB5, I would love it if you want to call in or just even get involved in the messaging board. That would be great. I'm having a little earphone problem, so hopefully you guys are hearing me clear. Um, But yeah, so the first thing tonight that I really wanted to touch on was, um, let's see. So... We've talked anti-masking a few times here, um, and I mean, it's really understated how much drivers uh, are having to deal with anti-masking. It's been going on for a while. I think in the very beginning, um, you know, we had a lot of anti-masking people who uh, were, were doing it, and there were a few drivers, so most of them weren't having issues. As time has progressed, we've all had that 
thought, no matter where you sit with masking, of, oh, I'm sick of this, I don't want to do it anymore. Well, drivers are really facing some, I mean, just outlandish things. Um, I mentioned very briefly a couple weeks back that something that happened here in the mountains in Colorado, um, just outside Breckenridge, um, a driver up there um, was taking somebody from uh, Silver Silverthorne Frisco to Breckenridge or vice versa. I can't remember from, from dinner to their back to their hotel. And the guy had been drinking, he was from Florida and he took off his mask and started grabbing at the face of the guy. Um, his wife was telling him to stop. They had to stop the car, um, get him out. The driver's pressing charges. And uh, now um, the hotel is pressing charges as well because I guess he took a mask off an employee of the hotel and the lady um, told him that they had to be masked up. So he ripped her mask off. So, um, but this, but just today in the news, we got something else too. Uh, a Bay Area driver out in San Francisco, he, uh, he had a pass, he had three passengers get in the car. Um, this was an Uber ride. And three passengers, uh, one of them was sitting behind him, kind of coughing on him, telling him, and he was saying that you have to put on your masks, and they were um, taunting him. And one of the ladies finally grabbed at his mask and grabbed his phone, ripped his mask off his face, took his phone off, and, or took his phone into the back seat. He pulled over. He told them to get out. Um, they kept coughing on him. The one lady kept coughing on him. Um, he did get them out of the car. Um, and he very, I, I'm not even sure how, how close of a call this was, but he did get his phone back. Uh, Uber says that they have kicked this passenger off the platform, but they're also looking for more information. We have that up on our website, uh, uberliftdrivers.com. Uh, that you can find this articles. But um, what was odd was that just an hour later, Lyft saw that story and kicked the same passenger off. And uh, I would hope that's, I would hope that's a sharing program that Uber and Lyft have. We've discussed this before. They won't admit to it, but this is one of those situations where I would hope that's the case because I would hate it if um, Lyft from just that was able to pull that from just a name the name of the person who had done this um, and be able to uh, and, um, terminate their passenger app as well. The bottom line here is though, folks, is that this is one of those horrible situations. And the real question comes into play is um, do you, or did, did Uber and Lyft truly kick them off the platform? Because as we know, um, you know, they, Uber and Lyft will do whatever they will do for a dollar. So, I mean, they, they're very, uh, um, how do I say it? Uh, it's almost like, you know, you have to commit and I hate saying this because it has happened and it's a sad thing, but it's like, you have to commit murder to be kicked off the platform. Um, they really don't, uh, kick people off the platform they'll they'll kick a driver off the platform without hesitation absolutely but they won't kick passengers off the platform and if they do um your social security won't retie up so as long as you have a second credit card a passenger could literally puke in the back cough on a driver rip their face mask off get terminated from the app 
and they don't in their database have a matching system for social security. So as long as you just use a different, if as long as you set up a new account and, and register a different credit card, you can just have a new account. Um, so it's it's really ridiculous. That's obviously not true for us drivers. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to see uh, that that is the case, um, but uh, you know, both of, that's what both are claiming is that they, the passenger has been kicked off. But at the same time, like I said, they are looking for information for uh, who the, you know, any, any information regarding uh, this, the San Francisco police one. So obviously they have the one lady's name, but they haven't got the other two. And are these accounts really terminated that quickly? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, we'll follow this and see. I'm just, I just doubt it. But uh, I know that all so far that's happened is $120 was given to the driver to clean his car. So it's pretty ridiculous. Um, there's some videos up on, on the website. Um, go there and then click, uh, go to uberliftdrivers.com. Click the um, story that relates. There's one up for each, the Uber story, and then the updated one with Lyft. Uh, and uh, yeah, comment, get involved, comment on all our articles. Um, I respond to pretty much all of it. And I love having the conversations. Um, but um, yeah, moving on. Um, let's see. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, Ross Tubbs. Okay, Ross Tubbs is an Uber driver. He's been driving since January of 2020. Um, in January of tw or January of 2020 or December of 2020, whenever he was, uh, whenever he was first. Um, did his uh, security pass and, and was able to uh, do the background check and pass, he started driving. Um, now it's mandatory background check. And in on January 5th, he logged in, he was able to drive of this year, 2021. On January 6th, he was unable to drive, but all of his docs were, were current in the app. He had his, you know, his updated registration, insurance, uh, driver's license. Um, everything was up to date, his uh, car status, everything was good. Um, however, uh, he was unable to log in. He called Uber and they said that it was his annual background check and that it was quote unquote in process. Now, I've been driving for over six years and I got to say, um, usually a background check for me is even at, even at my fastest time was a overnight type deal. You know, I mean, maybe two days, but not even. I mean, if I drove one day, I'd be driving the next. Usually it was done so quickly. Um, well, they've told Ross that his um, that his background check is in process and that due to uh, COVID, um, that many background checks have been slowed down because of government buildings being slowed down. Okay, that's a little acceptable. I, I can understand that we've all had some little hiccups. But we are now two months after um, he called Uber on January 6th about his background check, and he is still in progress 68 days later. So why they haven't been able to run a background check after he flagged and alerted them, 
and is an active driver during the pandemic. But after he alerted them January 6th, they still don't have him background checked today. I mean, that's, and he's, he was a driver. I know he wasn't one for six years like me, but he was still a driver for a year. And during the pandemic, I would think they want to treat that person a lot better. Um, but supposedly, uh, um, that's what's going on with him. And, uh, it's sad because I've heard this from a lot of people. Um, I know that this has been going on all through the pandemic. This is the longest one I've heard of though. Um, even my friend out in that we talked about prior in uh, Massachusetts, in the Boston area, he didn't get any notification. And English is his second language, so it was a little harder for him to get with the company and figure that out. But they they really held his up, and he was out for like 26 days, which I thought to be ridiculous. But this is more than double that. So we're really talking ridiculous now. Um Oh, I see that uh, David is connected. I see that Jimmy is connected. Are you guys there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. All right. <laughs> yeah, can you hear me? Oh, we're all on. Nice job. <laughs> well, will Ron be joining us as well? I'm working on it. I was about to say, now that I know that you've got David, I, I was so worried that I have no idea what's going on with the legislative stuff, so I was scrambling for a smart guy. <laughs> so I was desperate for well, Ron. Well, more, more, more. All I really want to do is just I, I you know, I put out a, a tweet like literally five minutes ago saying, "Hey, if you want to join us." So it was a little late because I, I want to test this for future like um, doing podcasts uh, with rideshare drivers or with with um, delivery app based drivers that are in different markets because we've always had trouble explaining to people, as you guys know, uh, by the way, if everybody, if you're listening, I see people joining in. Um, this is David and Jimmy from with para. Um, they, we all work together over there and kind of coordinate all kinds of things and, uh, try instead stay a few beats ahead of things. And, um, what we're about to go into is what was discussed last week, but it, not at that length. And what was discussed last week will be a great prelude to this because I just want to do a general overview. But basically, we had Lisa Rothstein on last week who has um, been just devastated by, um, uh, by AB5. And AB5 is what the ABC test for California AB5 is what's being used for the PROAC. So real quickly, I want to go over something because it's odd how this news came out. Um, this came out today, or no, was it two days ago? Sorry. Um, was it gig workers? Uh, the headline here from uh, the Washington Post, gig workers would pay higher taxes under coronavirus aid bill. Okay, now this is a type of article you might read and think, okay, um, you know, what gig workers, what, this, that, the other. So, um, again, this isn't political. You're going to hear me say a few things um, that are not political based. They're just fact. Okay. They're just fact here on some things that have happened. And um, I just wanted, I just want to make sure everybody understands because what happened in California, about 80% of the people affected by AB5 did not even know of AB5 until it was either passed as a law or became law months later, which if you're familiar with laws and, and, and bills and things like that passing, it usually passes 
and then it's a good six, you know, 16 to 24 months before you see it go into law. This one passed in September and went into law this January. So, I mean, it was all done very quickly. They're trying to do the same thing with the PRO Act. But what I want to talk about first is that the, so we all know that there's a lot of juggling going on with this Corona bill and that it's very expensive. This new aid one is 1.9 trillion. Um, and the Democrats last minute insert, literally last minute, was that um, they would now start using tax collectors in the gig economy and that the overall cost to Uber and DoorDash drivers and others would be about $1 billion annually. Um, under the current law, um, such online platforms only have to perform or report to the IRS when they pay individuals at least 200 times a year. So people that drive for a day and then request their money, that's one time. If you do that 200 times in a year, they have to, they have to send that through or for a minimum of $20,000. Okay, no, so 200 times and or, I guess, the $20,000. The change that they made is that now the new threshold is $600, regardless of how many transactions. Boom. So it is estimated that, what is it? By 2030, um, $8.4 billion in extra tax revenue will be made through gig workers. So this is completely unacceptable. Um, if you go down, if I go down in this article a little bit, um, there is a quote in here that, uh, let's see, so the, basically, basically what it says is that if this passes, the money they're hoping to collect in tax revenue will never happen because most gig workers work paycheck to paycheck. Therefore, they won't be able to afford this. And literally, it won't be a juggling act anymore. They won't be able to afford it. And they will have to stop working gigs. So therefore, this money won't be collected. This whole article that I'm, I'm not going to get into the whole thing, it's up on uberliftdrivers.com. Um, it's called Gig Workers Would Pay Higher Taxes Under Coronavirus Aid. Um, but it ends up segueing at the end into um, the, you know, destroying a person's life. And then it moves into employee versus contractors. And it starts talking about the misclassification of workers as independent contractors and Joe Biden's promise to fix that right away. Um, we all pretty much know what's going on with this. It's past the house. It's got approval from everybody. It's happening like AB5. Nobody's really in the loop on what's going on. And um, the best hope that we have is that uh, is it, it's either this Thursday or next Tuesday when it goes to the floor that they will have a filibuster on this and because it's an even split. And if it passes there, if, it, if the filibuster doesn't work or it passes there, it is done. It is done, folks. There's no going back on this. And everybody will have to, all 50 states will have to obey by the new PRO Act law, which many people contest, say, well, you know, there's different ways of looking at it. There really isn't, okay? There's, it, all 50 states will have to comply 
and the quote unquote right to work states, which are 27 states, will also have to comply. Now, this is forget about the app based gig stuff. This is going to put so many businesses have gone out under during this pandemic. This is going to put the rest of them under that are big box chains or or fast food restaurant chains. I mean, this is it. This is what will crush them um, because it isn't a misclassification. We've used the independent contractor method for years. We've used the IRS method of, of how to classify an independent contractor for 40, for 50 years. But they want to use the ABC test. And the ABC test, it's impossible to pass B. Okay? Um, I think that last week when we had Lisa on, she made a really good point about the one. She brought up one thing that, that could pass that we came up with that could pass the B. She brought up a plumber. You know, If a plumber comes out to do a different plumbing job than he normally does, he could pass B because it's within his scope of work, but it's not the same work that he does all the time. It's really confusing stuff here, folks. So up on uberliftdrivers.com, we also, the the first um, article you'll see is um, ProAct, it's time uh, all gig workers understand it. I put this together today and it's got a list of different articles from Washington Post, National Law Review, Citizens Against Government Waste, um, Dr. Freelance, Landline Media, and, and another. And it, the last one, Landline Media, gives the ABC um, test uh, and what it requires. If we have to go to this and everybody has to become an employee, we need to clear up, guys, that you can't have <laughs> – your freedoms are gone. I, I'm really confused. I've talked to so many people. I'm so confused why people think – you're going to be able to just log on, log off. If you want to be an employee of these companies, we've talked about this at nauseum, but you are going to be an employee of one. You're not going to be able to freelance and split and flex and work when you want. You're going to have a schedule. If they move to a franchise model, you won't work for Uber. If you decide it's Uber, you'll work for the franchisee in your area and he can fire you for any reason. One minute late, he can tell you where you're going to be driving that day. He can tell you, I mean, everything. You don't get to sit at home. You don't get to cherry pick rides. You don't get to call your own shots, which is what all this was created about, was being your own boss. And I understand that Uber has not treated uh, its drivers well. Being a driver on the Uber Lyft platform for six years, trust me, I know. I know what has happened, and I know it's not good. But I know that a worse solution would be to let unions take over because I don't want to pay union dues and have them tell me when I have to strike, have them tell me how to live my life because I do this because I control how I do this. And again, this brings us into market to market thing, which we've talked about on so many occasions that, you know, if it's not working out for you where you live, you might just have too many people doing it at that time. So maybe try a different gig or try food delivery or something, see what maybe isn't um, buried in your market. And if you can't, um, and a lot of these people just want minimum wage and health insurance, if that's the case, just go get a job because you can't just sit there and say, well, this has to work. I know other people who are making it work. There are a lot of tricks to it. There's a lot of, uh, 
um, learning curve, but at the same time, this is what it is. It's what it's always been. Um, and you know, we, we, I think there's better ways for us to attempt to try and better it rather than just say, okay, everybody has to be an employee and be a member of a union because watch folks, 85% of Uber Lyft drivers in this country are part-time. Only 15% are full-time. Now, do you really think that now I, I need to know because I've ran these with people and we've literally in most markets, we've come to 90 to 95%. And even that's an argument. I sit on the, on the higher side um, of drivers on the platforms will, would be kicked off. They would not be hired on full-time part-time or anything to be employees. So let's say call it 90 to be nice. So 90% of every market's going to be kicked off the platforms. They're done working gigs. If you want to be employees. So I don't, and it seems to me that a lot of the people who want to be employees, um, uh, are the same people who I see all the time, um, just beating on Uber and Lyft, which on, on social media, which I agree with and I love to do myself. However, why would you want to be their employee? <laughs> so guys, I don't know. That's, that's kind of what, what I want to bring up because it's not just like AB5, nobody really knows about the PRO Act. And yet, if you do, I, I, like, I even had somebody send me the Google results for just PRO Act, and it came up with some older PRO Acts. So <laughs> you need to put in um, uh, Union PRO Act or PRO Act Union in Google, and that will bring up the one we're talking about. You don't have, I mean, there's other ones that'll bring up really direct articles, but that will bring up the correct pro act. So they also named it something that's already been named to confuse people. So they, again, they're trying to bury this and that should tell you a lot. I mean, we, I don't know how many of you want to be told when and where to work and all, all that. But if you do, I mean, I, I've had a lot of jobs in my life, so I just know if that's what you want, go get a job. I mean, if you want to, if you need freedom, if you have a kid, if you're teaching your kid at home because of all this school lockdowns and everything, and even before that, but you just need that flexibility. 85% of us only do this part time. I mean, that means that we need that income to be able to survive, but we absolutely need the flexibility to be able to work when we want. Because if it's our part time gig to supplement income, we can't have you giving us a schedule. It won't work. So Jimmy, David, you guys got anything? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Steve. So is, you were saying the threshold is now was it fifty payouts a year? You're saying it doesn't matter. It's six hundred dollars, no numbered amount. If you take one payout, which isn't even possible because at the end of the week they would you did, if you worked every week you'd get fifty two payouts. Yeah, in a year. You know, if you took 12 weeks off, you'd get 40. So, I mean, it wouldn't matter, but one payout is all the threshold. It's just based now on 600. It was 200 um, payouts and $20,000. Now it's just 600. That's what they're pushing for. And they're putting in the corona, uh, coronavirus uh, $1.9 trillion um, thing right now. Uh, looks like we got Ron joining us. There too. he is. He made it. <laughs> oh, we made it. <laughs> yes. Ron, are you on board? I think I am. Can you hear me okay? Oh, we can hear you great. Awesome. Awesome. Um, 
So I don't know if you were catching on some of what we were talking about, but I was bringing up what had happened with the uh, coronavirus bill uh, this week and um, how they slipped in that they're going to change these uh, the thresholds here so that uh, now instead of it, instead of having to report to the IRS when the company, when the gig app-based gig companies pay individuals at least 200 times a year um, and or for a minimum of $20,000, they put into this bill uh, that now it would be, it wouldn't matter how many transactions. So one would count. So, and the new dollar threshold is $600. 600. Yep. Yeah. Section, section nine, six, seven, four. I've been, (laughs) that's been my day is, is reading that stuff and writing about it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to change things for a lot of, it's, it doesn't change how we do our taxes because you're actually supposed to file your taxes, whether you got the 1099, but yeah, right. under Uber and Lyft and Uber Eats, now you're going to get that notification. So that's that's huge. A yeah, lot of people aren't going to be ready for that. Well, and part of like, I've read a bunch of articles myself on this too. I've been trying to catch up with all this. And part of it is that now um, they, it, I mean, part one of the, the Washington Post article I thought was really good because the lady pointed out that the <clears throat> same thing we point out when we talk about the PRO Act, that if they're forced, if companies are forced to hire you as employees, they're going to have to let about 90% of the people go. Yeah. Because, they're, I mean, they're just not going to, I mean, this is if they're forced. They'll, they'll either do 10% as employees or they'll use the franchise model and let them sort it out or whatever. But about 90% will go. And 85% of the app-based gig workers are um part-time so this is going to cause major major issues because i don't know i mean i think when we were all when we've all talked before not live um like this but uh i think we all agree that flex is huge if you got 85 percent of the people doing this they're doing it because of the flex they have a kid they have another job they have other things going on in their life they lose that flex they're not going to keep doing this yeah, and you know, I think the uh, the the thing about it is, it's like, you know, you get a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you can still have flexibility," and I'm like, "Okay, you guys don't trust Uber or Lyft to do the right thing in the current conditions," which I don't either, to be honest. But but right, it's like, right. why do you all of a sudden think that they're going to become model citizens once they've hired employees? Like, uh, you know. These guys are going to limit your hours. They're not going to let you do full time because they don't want to pay benefits. And and there's all sorts of stuff that if they do hire you as an employee, um, if they do hire you as an employee, there's no guarantee of that either. You're not going to just convert to an employee. They have to terminate all our contracts and then hire us as employees. So if that happens, you know, you're not going to be able to go out and work 60 hours if you want to just kill it and make a lot of money. You now have to ask them for the hours. And, and there's, there's just, and that's not going to happen. You know, and I guess I've gotten to a point where I feel like I don't trust any of these gig companies, you know, as far as I could throw them. And that I would rather have them as my customer than as my employer then, you know, as a customer, Absolutely. I can kind of control the relationship. If they're my employer, yeah, I'm not working for any of them. There's no way. 
Right. And it seems like a lot of the people who really are lead led the AB5 movement and stuff were people who have such a hatred for these companies that I'm like, why would you, why would you even want to be employed by them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's other jobs out there. You, if they, if they cut you off from driving and you're just mad, that's not a reason to want to be an employee for them because they're just going to treat you worse. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy to me that now, you know, I mean, people really don't understand that it passed the house with flying colors, the pro act it's, it's going to be down to the, like we were talking about the last time, it's going to go down to the filibuster. And even though that probably won't go, this is pre- that's about as nail biting close as you want to come to this thing passing. It is. And I think there's another piece, too, that a lot of people don't realize. There's another act out there that also implements it. Uh, what do they call the Worker Flexibility and Small Business Protection Act. Talk about an ironic name. <laughs> it's going to destroy small businesses. But, um, you know, because I think the uh, PRO Act applies it to one part of federal employment law, to the labor stuff, and the Worker Flexibility Act is another one that's on their docket and that's going to put it under um, more like the wage control type of things. And so it's kind of like, even if this gets held back, if they push that other one through, it's going to create problems. So you got to keep an eye on this stuff. Yeah. And the pro act itself. I mean, like people don't, people are saying, I heard, I've had people emailing me saying that, well, you know, We'll just kind of have to see how it goes. And I'm like, well, that's what California said, first of all. So be careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you got to get involved or you got to do something. You got to speak up. You know, you got to whatever we got to do because all of us never wanted that. But um, under the PRO Act, all 50 states will go this way. And yes. it will make and it will make it so that even the, the 27 right to work states are going to lose their status. Yes. And, uh, and then on top of that, um, oh, darn, all of a sudden I lost my train of thought. I apologize. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I, I mean, we, 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 sh- I think all 50 states in essence do have right to work, but there are 27 that are going to literally lose it out of their wording. Even I mean, it's gone. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really uh, um, bummed out at the way this is being done. This, I mean, like what you're looking into today and what I am was thrown into the coronavirus package last minute. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't like that. I don't like these. It happens all the time in politics. We know it. And I'm not trying to get political, but I hate this. I mean, they really, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, I guess I just saw today that the Rockies were going to allow 21,000 fans to the game. So I guess the pandemic's over. Um, I mean, of course it is. We got a new administration. I, mean, I know. I mean, but it's just crazy to me. Like we couldn't have one fan in the baseball games last year. We had those cardboard cutouts. Yeah. And this this year we're going to allow twenty one thousand to all home games. Yeah. I remember now what I was uh, starting to think of. I was just reading a guy's comments on Twitter, and he had a real good chain of stuff, but he was just talking about how, you know, all of the uh, proponents of PROACT are starting to say, oh, don't worry, it's not going to be like you think. Oh, don't worry, everything's going to be okay. And I'm just like, I remember hearing all that stuff about AB5, you know, 
that no, it's not going to do this. No, it's not going to impact us. And it is, it does, you know, and, uh, um, it, it just sounds eerily similar. It's kind of like, uh, um, there were a lot of lies out of AB5 about oh, what yeah. it's going to do. And and I think the same thing is happening now. Right. I mean, but there the was, interesting... Oh, I'm sorry. There, no, no, there was a tweet from even... Um, I found this really strange. There was a tweet from Lorena Gonzalez yesterday, and I cannot remember what it said, but it said something to the effect of, um, you know, like even all the problems that we faced or whatever, we still need the pro act. It definitely, it was the first time I ever saw her allude to she was wrong with AB five. Yeah. And I was very shocked because without the union backing, she's nothing. She's trying to become a G she's trying of California. She's trying to do anything she can to get forward. And she kind of just said, Hey, you know, I'm not sure everything I've been saying is right. I know very, very casually and very distant. I mean, you can tell she doesn't want to burn too many bridges, but I think she realized she's burning more bridges with people who are losing jobs than she can gain from the unions. Well, and, and California is about as democratic a state as it gets. Right. And you still had a 58% vote against that thing. You know, you you had all, you had all kinds of blue voters voting against it. You got a lot of freelancers, you know, that, uh, you know, like what you had last week and everything that, um, that, you know, tend to be very pro-union in any other way, but they're kind of like, hey, you guys are stepping on our livelihood now and right. realizing that, okay, maybe this isn't the best way to go. Um, it's it's interesting because everybody kind of looked at it like, hey, we are rescuing these poor independent contractors. They're being mistreated. And I'm like, I don't want to be rescued, guys. I don't need to be rescued. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it would work, but I thought that one thing that she that Lisa brought up that was very interesting last week was, you know, look, at we're not against unions. We're not trying to get rid of the unions, but let us have both options. I don't really know how that would work. That seems really difficult. <laughs> but I agree with that, or at least she's at least showing, um, you know, hey, let's talk. And the other side is, I mean, until Lorena Gonzalez knew better, she was blocking accounts on Twitter and other social media until they told right. her, "Hey, you're you're a um, you're a certified uh, account on Twitter, and you're um, you're a state assemblywoman. You can't be blocking people." Yeah. So, um, so then she had to unblock all these people because she didn't want to see hear the other side of it. You know, it's kind of it's very sad that like the other side wants to just talk about it. They're not there to fight. They just want to say, "Hey, listen, let's talk and come. Let's figure this all out." And they're so right. they're they're just so determined that this is the only answer. Yep. For everybody, even if it doesn't work for you, it's the only answer for all of us. Yep. The problem with making it nationwide, though, is at least in California, they had the ability to do a ballot initiative, you know, and to vote on it. We right. don't have that option federally. If that no. gets passed, the only thing that we've got is to hope that it either gets, you know, it, it, it gets taken out by Congress and by the Senate or the courts overrule it and uh, kind of leaves you totally out of control, doesn't it? 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm just shocked to hear that, like, that this is even a thing. I mean, here's the thing. I'm not saying I'm a true independent, so I'm not saying Democrat or Republican here. But Biden made I think we all know Biden made a, a lot of promises that are going to be near impossible for him to keep them all. Um, because, I mean, he made one promise that'll totally not groove with another promise he made. Well, one of them, I mean, we already saw the $15 an hour thing for Bernie go to to its death. Um, and that was a promise to him. And I know that's a lot of promises he probably can't keep. But, I mean, he promised that this would happen, that we would get the PRO Act. I don't get that because it the PRO Act directly will affect 57 million workers who work. And will immediately put them out of work and having to juggle or figure out who they're going to work for. And are those companies going to want employees? How are they going to work? Um, are they just going to double up the workload on people? Because the way another thing that I started thinking about last week that I haven't really talked about a lot was that one thing I don't get because I had one job in my life who I still freelance now for this guy doing laser shows. He was my best boss ever. However, I worked on salary for that guy. Now, when you work on salary, I had work weeks I worked 40 hours. I had work weeks I was out of country and worked 90. Mm-hmm. So you can't say that workers are being abused. Workers need to take jobs that fit their life. Yep. If, you don't li- if you don't like the setup, don't do it. Yep, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, it's just it's just that simple. And like you were and like what, like you were saying, California is one thing, but California has been destroyed by this. Yes, it now has. You, and now you're looking at taking all 57 million people who are in the gig economy. That's 30 percent plus of the American workforce, and putting them out of business with one sign of a pen. I don't yeah. know. I I don't know how this goes. I, I I'm. I really don't think it'll pass, but I'm very shocked it's come this far. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it sure makes you nervous. If it does pass, it's going to take a while before it takes effect because, you, you know, if, if, if these guys are going to spend $200 million in California to fight it, you can right. bet that they're going to throw everything they can possibly throw at it in the courts and stuff. Well, and that'll that'll buy us some time, but there's AB, no guarantees. I was I was gonna say, you know, like California voted on AB five in September, and and January first it became law, and that's very. <laughs> and I was talking about that just before you came on. That's very very quick for that to happen. Yeah, like if you look at history, normally like it's what you're saying. Something happens, and then we have some time to adjust before it actually happens. But I think they're looking to just jam this in there and. But it did take until September before it actually got to the courts starting to rule on it, at least for these larger companies. A lot of smaller companies, you know, they went after the little guys because they didn't have the money to fight it. But, you know, um, it was I think it was September when, you know, it got down to that day that Uber and Lyft were ready to close up shop. Oh, got down to the hours. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, down to the hours. I remember the day and, it was uh, happening. They were like eleven fifty nine. We're closed. Yeah, and uh, so you know that, and that's the part that it'll it'll take some time. 
Um, now, some of those, uh, some folks are still, uh, the state's still going after them for wage things related to that because they're saying, hey, the law was still active. And so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch California play out no matter what, just because it's just a jungle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see a comment here on the, on the Podbean app from uh, at, at Sandor um, saying, you know, in, California is re- incredibly, incredibly Republican, just not in the major metropolitan areas. Um, yeah, like if you maybe mapped out California, you might see that more is blue than red. But where all the votes are coming from and where all the people live are are all blue. <laughs> so yeah, percentage I mean, wise, right? And, then it, and further, she uh, the person says um, that's the problem in most states. Uh, most of the land is Republican, but the big cities control the elections. Yeah, that's absolutely true. That's why they were called the flyover states and stuff. But I don't think this yeah. is about so much Republican Democrat to this to at Sandor. I'm saying that. Um, we like we were just saying here in California or, or in California, I'm in Colorado, but in California, they um, usually a bill like this would have fallen hard because it was Republican based or it was more Republican leaning. And it was a shocker to see, you know, Bi- or it wasn't a shocker to see Biden win California because he swept it like they normally do, the Democrats. However, it was a shocker to see him win and this lose almost 60% to 40. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have expected, you know, I would have expected this just to have the same numbers as Biden. Like if he had 78 to 22, that this bill would have lost 78 to 22. But instead this bill made it, I mean, maybe five made it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, or prop 22 passed to overturn AB five. And it's just crazy to me because these are all the same people who uh, in the same ballot were checking Biden's name, but they just couldn't bear to themselves to go, no, not everybody has to be an employee. This doesn't make any sense. That affects self-employed freelancers, independent contractors, app base gig workers, um, and all other gig workers of things I'm not even coming close to naming, like sign language and um, uh um, Gail, who we had on the podcast, who owned a, a nonprofit opera house in Los Angeles uh, for 20 years, but had to go out of business because of AB5. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I mean, it's just ridiculous when we're talking about a, um, a nonprofit that has to go out of business because of AB5. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, that you shows know, I mean, how far got... this will go. Yeah, I've got some things where I look at how these gig companies do things, and they they are absolutely abusing the independent contractor relationship. And and I think there are some ways. I think I could almost support the argument that it really isn't one, but to make everybody become employees isn't the, isn't the best answer to that. It's like uh, one of the reasons that they're able to do what they're able to do is because of that flexibility that they provide, you know, that uh, uh, people can jump on and drive or deliver when they need to, when they want to. And um, to take away that flexibility, that's not the answer. You know, find find a way to police what they're doing within the context 
of the independent contractor relationship rather than just, you know, force us all to become employees. Right. Which is, I, you know, which is odd because I, I guess I, I just learned this last week as well. Um, I guess Fiverr is doing now is they're taking on your taxes and kind of making independent contractors, not independent contractors, but you still are. <laughs> and you're still allowed to get gigs, but I don't, I need, I need to look into that a little more because it was brought to my attention and I I'm confused on that one on what Fiverr is doing. Oh, that is um, interesting. I have to look into yeah, that. Yeah. So yeah. So somehow Fiverr.com, you know, with the two R's, um, they somehow, you know, they used to just be a place to go to find gigs, get gigs, post gigs, whatever. And now somehow they're getting around everything because somehow they're taking care of the taxes from within. And it was, that was always a question of mine is like, isn't there a way to form like not unions, but like, um, I know India was trying it too. Like India was trying a, um, um, a way to go, post into their their version of a social security uh, mm-hmm. where the companies like Uber and stuff had to put in some money for each driver. The drivers could match it um, or whatever. But somehow there was there was social security being taken out to look for your your later life. And again, it was just another way. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I feel like we're just so dead set on saving these unions that have gone from 40 to 30 to 28 to now 13% of their revenue and, and memberships. Like I don't see a reason to save them because there's a reason they're failing over all these years. Exactly. What I find so interesting about the prop 22 benefits, right? Is that you have to be working for 40, I forget the threshold was called like 40 working hours, right? Which translates to call it 50 or 60 actual working hours to get the benefits. And the benefits equate to something like 200 something bucks a month. Uh, what I just always don't understand is then that's per platform, right? So there is no coordination across the platforms. I think sort of what you were saying, Steve, is uh, why can't you have a system in which depending on where you work, you know, it's a portable benefit, basically, right? I think everyone's dead set on this has to be the way it has to happen. And if we are right. sort of approaching such a fundamental question or fundamental part of the economy going forward, right? It's like, why are we gated in this way of doing it? Why can't we make something that works? Uh, to, for- to save the unions. I mean, yeah. this, you know, Biden wanted the union backing. Um, that's exactly what they did in California. They tried to save the unions. Um, you also know that the taxi unions are behind this too. Um, you know, they obviously want huge regulations on rideshare, like for example. Um, in fact, they'd like to just see us gone. But I mean, like many episodes ago, and David, you might have even been on the show when we talked about this. People don't use taxis. I mean, there's a reason. It's not just like they were like, oh, we're kind of sick of this. Let's try rideshare. People stopped using taxis because. I mean, like, other than, like, in New York City where it is kind of a need, I would – I never use taxis. I live in Denver. I never use a taxi. Yep. You know, I never – never would. I don't think it's – I don't find it sketchy to ride in a rideshare car. Um, you know, I just I, – I, in fact, I mean, if you really look at it, there's been more problems over the years with taxi drivers than there have with rideshare drivers. So – 
I mean, we really don't need to get into that whole debate, but I mean, like the taxi unions, the unions, obviously they want a piece of one, 1.3 million California workers. And obviously they want a piece of the 500,000 app-based gig workers. I mean, that's just a no brainer. Of course they do, but why should they have it? Unions are failing. Unions are, are dated. Unions don't help. And by the way, folks, you get if you get what you want and that's what you want are unions don't come crying to anybody when you have union dues due and you have to pay union dues and you have to if they strike you have to strike you don't you no longer control not only the flexibility you no longer control your life i mean the same as a job <laughs> right you've you've now gone from trying to be your own boss to just having a job and, you know, trust me, we learned in New York um, a year and a half ago when they made uh, Uber and Lyft have the, you know, only so many drivers can be on. You have to pay them the $15 plus expenses. We learned that no, the, I, I know a bunch of drivers in New York that we've, that we've talked to and, um, you know, they, they would work when it was before all this, when they would make $50 an hour. Now they were only making the floor payment. They never made any more than that, period. So it really, when you hear floor payment, just know that floor also means ceiling. <laughs> and that's all you're getting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hate to say that, but it's the truth. I mean, it's you, floor doesn't mean, wow, I'm going to make 15 plus expenses, plus I can even do better. You won't do better. These companies are going to be, so they're going to be more hurting than they are now to even keep employees around. And even that, and if we, if, if they ha end up having to go to a franchise model, just forget it. I mean, that's just jobs. You're just going to go in, you're going to have to apply. It's just going to be a job. You're going to apply. I think what's interesting is at some point, uh, at some point, uh, you know, they keep squeezing the same lemon. These things already don't make money, right? So I think at some point where it gets interesting is at some point does the customer just have to end up, that you know, the rider end up just having to pay more or is this sort of VC subsidized war for market share going to continue basically? Uh, right. Well, now that they're public, I mean, that VC money is a, is a lot harder to come by. You need to get into new arenas and they've kind of pinned out it all out. I think that, you know, they, I mean, Uber and Lyft have government contracts all over the country, um, you know, so it's, they feel pretty secure. They're not going to go under, even if they have to struggle for a while because they're needed for transportation. Um, you know, taxis and buses, no offense to, to the taxi and bus game at all, but it's just a bit dated and people don't want to do it. Um, if they can get a Lyft ride for, a couple dollars more than than taking the taxi or taking a bus even or whatever, they're going to go with that. I mean, um, that's why Uber came on so cheap and was paying drivers so high was to get a ton of drivers going so that there was more than enough as needed so that anytime somebody needed to ride, they'd get it instantly. Otherwise, people might have hopped back to taxis, but instantly it worked. And that's why we saw dips in our pay. But I mean... If you force their hand like this, they will stay around and it will be an ugly scenario. But if, if you don't, it's not a complete loss. And that's where, what I hear too often from people is that, well, if this doesn't pass, we're just screwed. They're just going to keep taking our money down. I don't think so. Cause I think that 
I think that getting drivers and getting delivery people and stuff, I think they've really ran that through. And I think that they're coming out of this pandemic, they're going to have a hard time having enough people to do it. So I think that we are going to, I think on a, on its own, just, you know, letting things be, I think that we would see some changes because I think we'd see people, you know, or companies saying, Hey, we don't have enough drivers. We got to pay them more. I think that, yes, it's going to take some fighting and this and that, but I think that, and, and things need to be changed. However, I think that, uh, um, we need to work this out with the companies, those of us that want to be flex workers. That's how this was built. It wasn't built to be revamped as a company with employees. So I don't know. In, in my opinion, if you go out and look at gig economy um, articles anywhere, uh, and pick your favorite newspaper and you go look at them, the gig economy is not going anywhere. It's too many workers in it. And they can't become employees. So unless the United States wants somewhere around 40 to 50 million um, more people out of work, this is one of the worst ideas ever. I don't, I'm really at a loss of, of where, what they think this was, would do positive. And I think it was going to backfire on anybody that's involved in this. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just... I'm sort of echoing what Ron said earlier. I think no matter what happens, it's going to be years of back and forth at the courts. So I think to some extent, uh, things are just going to sort of stay, stay as they are for a little bit as that works out. Yeah, I think I, no, the only thing that scares me is that it is it is looking. I mean, we've never seen any, anything this close. I mean, this is one... If they could sway one vote, is it Thursday or next Tuesday? One of the two. If they could sway one vote, then they then there can't be a filibuster and it's over. <laughs> I mean, that's how close we are. The House passed it, and now it's going to be a split and a filibuster. So it's, I don't know, it's scary times because I don't want to see this. You know, I mean, not only with um, Uber Lyft driving, but um, David, you know this. I don't know if Ron and uh, Jimmy know this, but um, I work for a laser production company based out of Miami. And so they'll, you know, if they have a gig for me for two weeks or three weeks, I'll go do that. And then when, I, so I'm a, I'm a kind of even odder person than working part-time Uber Lyft driving and then having another job in Denver. I'll go work for three weeks on the road, come back, have two weeks off. And that, then I worked full-time driving. That's what I was doing because I just didn't want to have any downtime. Um, so I'd be I'd go full-time to no time, to full-time to no time. So whenever I was driving, I'm full-time. Um, but, like, my, my laser job will be gone, too. That's gone. My laser and lighting and production job, gone, you know, because that's another uh, independent contractor job. Yeah. I mean, if it passes, Steve, I mean, would this close the door on like the Uber Eats is the Instacarts of the future entering the game? I mean, it won't close the door in my opinion. It's just, they're going to, I mean, hopefully like, like Ron and David are saying, you know, and I think so too, it'll take a while in California. It didn't, 
they passed that so quick and then they made it happen three months later. But hopefully that's what would happen to stall it down at least till the, again, it's, I hate to be political, but in 2022, we could see some shifts in the seats, but you know, I mean, who knows how this will go because just like AB five and like Lisa and I talked about last week, they're trying to just move this along without people knowing about it. They don't want you to know about the union pro act right now. Yeah. I mean, they I mean, just, this is... oh, they just want to be able to declare victory on this and then tell you about it after it's happened. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, this might be too crazy, but I mean, if, if the big companies could get their hands on the legislative process, I mean, this could be, you know, maybe a good way for them to keep out competition. Right. I mean, maybe in a perverse sense, this could be one of the best things that ever happened to them. Uh, you know, cause only, only the biggest companies can afford to even think of running their model across the nation as, as uh, you know, running it off the employee model. Looks like Ron's trying to get back on here, but he got booted oh, off. Yeah, we did. I can't see him though. Yeah, but anyways, yeah. Um, well, I don't know. So, I mean, one one thing for sure though is I've run a business myself. You know, I I ran the Giggling Grizzly here in Denver for uh, seven years, and I was a part owner and I was the general manager. <laughs> Payroll can be the end of you. So a company like Uber, who's already hemorrhaging money, can't afford payroll. Right. But think of the difference, though, in terms of expenses, in terms of starting up the next Instacart, right? Like, right. it just takes, it, it's just, it's that much harder in terms of risk and capital to start off hiring people full-time right off the bat than, than contracting out. Well, I mean, you got companies like Alto um, out of Dallas who now they're in Los Angeles too. I know it's only two cities, but everybody with Alto gets a, a, um, an SUV from Alto. <laughs> you get a, uh, a little bubble that you sit in that, um, uh, protects you from everything. And it has a sanitize, uh, it sanitizes in between rides. Um, you get, you are an employee. That is their model. They don't have any ICs. So, <clears throat> they were able to start during all this pandemic or just before it in Dallas. And they still had the balls to move to California after AB five passed. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty, that's pretty tight, man, to go, you know what? So what? Okay. Perfect time for us to enter. So they're entering on a different way thinking this is good for us, but I hear you. I want more. I'd like to see, you know, Uber and Lyft have more competition. I'd like to see, uh, um, Didi, who now has offices in uh, um, Silicon Valley, I'd like to see them start doing something and really start getting cars out, you know, because it seems like a lot of the uh, autonomous vehicle talk has really stopped for the moment because everybody got turned on to all the lies about it and the timeline um, that we're nowhere near. And so we're going to have drivers for a long time. But I'd like to see more companies start up. I mean, heck, I'd like to see somebody buy out Lyft who, who maybe, you know, <laughs> who maybe wants to um, be part of Lyft, you know, or has ideas on how, how to take it a different direction. You know, and there's so many good, you know, you guys know, David, Jimmy, you guys know that we talk about this kind of stuff all the time that, yeah. oh, you know, Maestro's out there. We're out there with Para, you know, everybody go to withpara.com, you know, <laughs> I mean, we're there's companies doing cool things and innovations, and that might lead to other companies coming on the scene. We've seen a bunch start and fail. Yes. But oh. those failures should eventually lead to 
to com- companies starting up and learning from their failures. And even though they have to go against the giants, you just pick some markets and you start, you start there. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Unless it's, it gets prohibitively expensive to start. Right. Which right. is, you know, yeah. right. Like it's an interesting way to think about Uber and Lyft, right? If they have a dollar, they are, they will invest that dollar where they can get the highest returns. And so maybe that's in markets, but maybe it's also in politics. Well, um, Uber and Lyft are, are, or let's just use Uber. Uber is in dire, dire position if this passes. Um, they, they're not looking at this as well. At least it's somewhat of a win. We'll have a better lock on the, they're, they're, they're going to fight every part of the way they do not want this. <laughs> I mean, and they know that none of us want it. So the whole employee thing will become weird because who are you going to have for employees? Cause right now, most flex workers I know who do ride share or pre pandemic when it was fun to be in a ride share or who do, who have pivoted to app-based food delivery. Uh, most of those people um, the flex is the, is the number one thing. I mean, obviously money, you gotta be making some money, but yeah. flex is huge. If you don't have the flex, it's it, the whole thing's kind of gone. I mean, cause uh, other people have other jobs. They have other responsibilities. They have things where they can't say, yeah, you just get to schedule me now. Yeah. I mean, that goes against everything this is. And that weeds out the people who suck at, th- at these jobs and who, and who doesn't? You know, I see, I see it all the time in the um, in the app-based food game. You know, and David probably has a better perspective on this, and I know Ron does because that's not my um, my niche yet, or I haven't touched into that. But um, you know, I, I keep seeing all these things about DoorDash and like how to do it. And I remember thinking, you know, all the ways that I used to do ride share and give tips, and I'm seeing those now. Like if you accept an order. And you get somewhere and it's 30 minutes out, give it up, you know, give up the order and let somebody else take it. And I was like, oh, you can do that. Like, because I haven't done this, I didn't know that. But like all these tricks are going to be gone. How are they going to afford to pay employees? Not to mention that I think all those companies are very bloated because DoorDash and all these food companies right now, they all are uh, um, at their peak because of the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to play out, you know, sort of in your head. And I think David would know more about this than I would, though, right? Just what what the company's responses would be if it were to pass, right? Like, it seems like a classic, like it reminds me of, like, when I go to the airport, I don't really talk to anyone. I check in at a kiosk or like when I go to McDonald's, I Uh order through a kiosk. So like when you make labor more expensive, right, what are the technological substitutions that kind of open up? Um, But David would definitely know way more about that than I would. Yeah. Um, but I guess he's not here. It says he's con- it says he's connected. Okay. I'm here. I'm here. Just on mute. Oh. <laughs> David's sleeping. I know. I was, I was setting him up, man. There's there's no hope if you're not there. So <laughs> one thing I do know for sure is that uh, Michigan tried to pass something like um, for the bar and restaurant industry, which my family's in in Michigan. And they based it on something that was done in Maine a couple of years before where they were going to have to have all employees of the restaurants be at, you know, minimum, a new minimum wage of 1250 an hour or whatever it was going to be across the state 
for day or night shifts for all servers, bartenders, everything. Well, I mean, like here in Colorado, um, if you're a bartender, the minimum wage is, uh, is I think, it, it, you know, many years ago when I was still, it was 213 but I think it's only like 310 now. So it's, it was $2.13 an hour was the minimum wage because they calculate the tip thing too. Mm-hmm. So um, because of that, there, the minimum wage was never minimum wage, but they were trying to pass that in Michigan. And we all knew that was going to mean that all you'd have left left is the chains. I mean, you, there would be no cool bars left. There'd be no cool restaurants left. You'd have, you know, Chili's and Arby's and McDonald's and, yeah, um, I, I mean, that goes back to what I was sort of poorly saying earlier, which is just like, you know, like, I mean, it doesn't look like as the legislation stands now, it's that it's beneficial at all for the big companies. But like, if there's a way to shake things up a little bit and keep their future competitors from, you know, entering, you know, it could be sort of a win all around, except for everyone who, you know, sort of works for the platforms. Right. So Steve, just, Steve is there a reason yeah, why just, you, hey Steve, uh, is there a reason why you can't, have sort of that split categorization other than the legal posturing on both sides? Because my understanding is basically, you know, why can't you have a world in which if you are working 50 hours a week on a platform, you get benefits, but if not, you don't. And my understanding is it's neither side wants to give in because then it opens them up to legal precedent for later down the line. But it just seems that people are just stuck in this catch-22, basically. Am I wrong about this? Well, I would also, I mean, I don't know, but I would also venture to say each state has its own what is a maximum uh, full-time hours. It's not always just 40 or whatever. It can be 45 or whatever. But one thing that I'm confused about, or one thing I would think is that if let's say it is 40, what's to stop them from at 38 hours giving you no more hours? Yeah, uh, nothing, right? Uh and I think that happens a lot right now, sort of part-time, full-time work, right? So I think at the end of the day, it just seems like it would just make more sense for companies to coordinate on your hours work than just divvy, uh, divvy that up, basically. I mean, I was about to say there'd be a huge centralization sort of perk, right? Like, because then if you have a driver, and like like Uber seems to be really well situated for this, right? Because if you already have an employee, they could run both Uber Eats and Uber throughout that time they're employed. Whereas like if you're just Lyft and all you do is ride chair, it seems like you'd be at a pretty big disadvantage in terms of yeah keeping that employee busy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. To me, I think that I think it's the same thing that AB5 did. I think that people don't know. And I think that people don't know that we're not talking about something that a couple months from now we need to look at and we're all going to be discussing. This is being done right now. Like right today, there were major steps taken. I mean, every day, and now we're coming up on you know what's going to be the filibuster day. And even if they lose, it still came that close. I mean, they're getting that kind of close to ending independent contractors forever. Yeah, and it was the first thing on the agenda. So, yeah, but I mean, you know, like other than the promises that he made to unions, I don't understand why. Because I really, I mean, how is it that 57 million people who are gig workers who don't want this, how can there even be any, how can there even be 5 million who do want it? Because 
if you're an independent contractor who makes money doing it as such, you there's no way you would want this. So if you're doing it and you're not making money, again, maybe it's just one of those things that's not for you. But don't wreck it for everybody. I mean, a lot of us self-employed, independent contractors, freelancers, all of us want to stay that. And we need that. You know, I... I don't know. I, I'm, it, it's very scary to me. Um, again, it's, you know, you can look at it and think it's, it, it, this is a political thing. It's, it's not a political discussion. It's a discussion on your rights to work. And in fact, this, the 27 states actually will lose the actual quote unquote right to work legislation that they have. So, I mean, I don't know. We're looking. I think we're looking at just a storm of problems, and I don't see how so few of us are the only ones seeing this. I mean, you got to understand. I mean, these people would all that California can't get jobs now. They can't even get them out of state if they're freelancers. People don't want to like like we were talking about last week. They're toxic. They don't even want to touch them. You know, they'll go hire somebody from uh, Texas or Florida. They don't want to touch California people right now. Um, so I don't know. I, it's, it's concerning and it's happening and I don't want to dwell on this for too many episodes, but it's like last week we talked about it because AB five is what led into this. And now we're here and at the end of this week and early next week, by the time next week's podcast goes, um, we'll know if it passed or not. And it, again, it probably will filibuster and not pass, but if it filibusters, it means it was right. It was like, you know, it was, they had to bring in the line judges to see if he crossed the plane. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was that kind of close. And we don't get that kind of close on eliminating self-employment in this country. That's what this country is. <laughs> the land of opportunity. You're, t- you're basically taking away the part of the land of opportunity. I mean, whether or not people want to see that and say, well, I can't make money doing it. Again, we need, whenever somebody says that, we need to look at your market. Because you might not be able, you might be right. You might not be able to in your market. And therefore, I would say go get a job where you're going to be happy and making the amount of money that you want. I mean, obviously, you might want to make 100 grand and you're not qualified to do that. So you might have to look at a job that you are qualified for. Well, go get that job and get the benefits you want and stuff. But if, if rideshare doesn't work in your area and you can't find a way to make it work or food delivery, that it's not for you. And don't, don't just say that the whole industry is screwed and that everybody needs to get, um, you know, $15 an hour and be, have health insurance. This whole thing was the whole gig economy was created on something different and it makes people a lot of money. And I know that people want to say companies like Uber and Lyft, you know, they're just all tax write-offs and the only some people make money on it because they constantly lose. True. But now let's look at corporate America, and that's exactly what corporate America is. It's just a different angle on how to make money. I mean, in the end, corporate America screws over everybody they can. Period. They take advantage of every tax incentive. They, you know, if they don't have to hire somebody, they don't. If they, you know, it's, it's, I guess what I'm saying is Uber's not really any worse than every other company out there. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it's, that's how I see it anyway. I mean, maybe some other people are like, well, you know, I can name a few good ones. Sure, I could too. 
But for the most part, most companies do what they can to to make a, a solid bottom line and pay people as little as possible. And that's just a fact. And then if you get the unions involved, which is a big part of this, whatever your pay is, is probably going to bring you right back to whatever you're making now. Because <laughs> there goes your union dues. I think, you know, you never see it talked about. I, I, I never see an article saying anything about union dues. They're trying to so far stay away from that. But there is no union that doesn't make you pay dues. There's not such a thing. So, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I just wanted to air this out. Um, obviously, David can't tell us anything about uh, food <laughs> delivery, although I wish he would, you know. Um, you know, D- David, can you at least tell us, uh, like, when dashing? What do you notice in San Francisco? Like, I mean, do you see these kind of things that I that I was saying? Because I don't know a ton about it, but like where you see somebody picked up an order and then, you know, you or you do and then you're there and it's not ready for a half hour. Is it you so you're able to drop these? Yeah, I feel like knowing when to drop something or when to take something or not to take something is like super important when it comes to food delivery more so than ride share. I feel. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's sort of a skill that I had to pick up after a while of doing it, right? Is you just learn that, you know, a trip in this direction bringing me out of the area of the restaurants might not, for this amount of money, might not be the best idea, right? Uh, so right. there is so, a, I, there I is a skill to it. it. Yeah. I would assume when you started, you just picked up all of them. Oh, yeah. You just sort of take everything, right? Yeah, and you learn to like, sort I'll of be that. more discerning and you end up making more, right? Uh, That's a skill. And I think what's really important there is, you know, if we're following sort of basic economics, right? Like then those bad priced trips should be priced better, right? So if you're selectively being picky and doing things that are good, that means that sort of the trips you aren't taking just aren't priced right, right? And I think that's the one thing I've noticed a lot is especially for DoorDash, there are the discrepancy between a good and a bad trip is really big, right? So they'll say, hey, here's uh, five bucks to go five miles, or here's four bucks to go 0.7 miles, right? Sort of uh, when it goes bad, they end up paying you not much more for a lot more distance that you have to go, basically. Uh, And it's just been super interesting to see that curve, basically. But maybe sometimes does that I mean, are you able to in your head? Because, like, I know my market. Maybe that bad ride that's longer is going to take me to an area where I'm going to get more calls. Yes, and that's you know, then that's good, right? So if it's taking you to another busy area, uh, but I think uh, here a lot of the time that's a big one you have to learn not to take is one. Hey, I don't want to drop off in this area because it's far. And number two is around restaurants, right? You just know some yeah. restaurants are going to be a pain in the ass. And I think a third one is really around apartment buildings. So, hey, I can drop this off in downtown, but I'm going to have to double park and go to the 30th floor and call this person on the box and they might not be there and I'm going to get a ticket, right? So there's some of that involved also. Like, is it worth my trouble to do this? Right. Um, Are you thinking about diversifying there, Steve? Well, I'm thinking of, no, I mean, I'm thinking about trying it. Yeah. More, I mean, obviously, yes. I, I it, Just like I did with Rideshare, I'd want to make some money, clearly. But 
I'm thinking about trying it and just seeing that I want to see where the fails are. You know, I want to see like how quick I can grab it where, cause I, cause I'm hearing a lot of people in my market too, starting to, um, you know, bark about, you know, it's, it's going so wrong now. It was so good through the pandemic. I feel like now would be a good time for me to jump in and go, dude, what are you guys talking about? Or I totally get it. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's time to, uh, you should TikTok it while you do it, Steve. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, I, I'm wondering, is it the same type of thing that I saw with rideshare where some people just weren't cut out for it? You know, cause sometimes you like the learning curve, you know, it's not like you have somebody training you, you're just left to your own devices. You can go look up stuff on the internet, try and get on some social media and learn some tricks, but it's really up to you to make it work. That's how yeah. I always, how I always made rideshare work. And I would say I was always in the, any night I worked, I would say I probably earned in the top 10% that night of the city, Yeah, you know, because I knew how to do it. But I know people who would just be like, I sat here for hours. I'm like, well, why didn't you move? Yeah. Was there anything going on there? Or were there bars? Are there, was there, was there um, a concert? Was there, you know, are you, do you do you know the city? You know, you need to know the city for rideshare. For food, I'm not really sure. I that might take me. You know, I know this this city well enough where it might take me just a couple of weeks just to learn what's been real popular with delivery. Because I know I only order from like my son and I only order from like three or four places. You know, so I don't really know what are all the big big ones that are just going off right now. Um, with these app-based deliveries, but I'm sure I'd learn that real quick. Yeah, I think more so than rideshare, the app-based delivery, uh, you can't take an Uber and Lyft trip at the same time, right? But there are, you know, multi-apping is more of a thing uh, in food delivery. I think that's where it's interesting is uh, given that so many rideshare drivers are now also food deliverers, what does that mean in a world in which you're forced would you be forced to pick one unless you just work under uber how would how would that look you'd work oh for if this if pro act passes you'll have to just work for one yeah so you could do uber and uber eats but you couldn't do uber and doordash basically yeah yeah you could i mean yeah so i i'm not really sure about uber would you be able to do uber uber eats and postmates i don't know and I know that eventually Postmates will be faded out, but I know that they're still around. Some people even refer to Postmates as like the number one food deliverer in their area. And I'm like, they're not around anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, they, they have are. the caviar still, this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but like, you know, I mean, if you want to work for Lyft, all you're going to be, I mean, I know that they've been looking at the food game, but to be honest, if you want to work for Lyft, you can only work for Lyft. And no food delivery, and uh, they're going to get very on the medical side too. So you're going to be doing a lot of um, vaccination runs and hospital runs and the kind of things that we've ne we never liked as drivers, you know. And if you look on UberLiftDrivers.com and look, I think if you just did, uh, if you searched the term hospital lift, you'd get about 300 results of how like you know all these stories from a couple years back. I don't know if you remembered, like where people were using Lyft majorly um, instead of an ambulance. Well, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be taking you to the hospital if you're having a heart attack. You know, I know, I understand you don't want to pay the $5,000 
ambulance fee, but I don't want to give you the $5 ride and I have no skills to help you. So I don't know. I mean, like, yes, you'd be working for one and that would be that. Um, I guess we'll have to see what the pro act does. My main thing is to bring, I think tonight the, or people that listen to it after or whatever, the main thing is, is that people need to understand the pro act and that it's there, you know, um, and I, by, I mean, I guess by by next week we'll we'll know more. Also, well, yeah, I think it's it's either Thursday or Tuesday, um, yeah. and it will. And it, uh, every article I've read has already said. I mean, here it, here's the National Law Review briefing. I was just trying to find. Just did um, the AFL CIO's executive board is set to meet next week, where it is expected to firm up its, its position of eliminating the sixty vote, vote filibuster. So they're trying to move that around in front of this too, which will hopefully, and I don't think it will, but won't happen. But if it did and they, and they somehow did eliminate it, um, you know, there's another big problem because then I believe it would come down to Kamala's vote. Yeah, I don't know what the protocol is for breaking the filibuster or getting rid of that thing. Well, I know, yeah, and it's been something they've been trying to do for. I don't think it's going to happen, but I know that they're trying to time this with this. Because um, I think I've read that technically you only need a majority to get rid of it. Um, now, right, I don't know. If, a, in the in the case of a like a mundane rule like that, you can bring in the vice president to break a tie. But yeah. Oh, so so here's what else this is. This is from National Law Review. It says. Um, to firm up its position on eliminating the 60-vote filibuster, which is viewed increasingly as an obstacle to advancing key priorities for organizing unions, including approval of the of protecting the Right to Organize Act of 2021, PRO Act. So it looks like they're trying to put that into one now. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of weird that they're going to try and eliminate the filibuster while trying to pass an act, act that's going to filibuster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I have no idea what goes on behind the halls of, of Congress. I mean, you know, it could be a, yeah. Like if, you know, if you're a part of the minority party, you have to be wondering, you know, is it better to cave in on some things than lose the filibuster in the entirety of it? Uh, you know, but I'm sure that's all part of the power games that are going on. Yeah, I uh, I guess we'll know next week. Um, I'm sorry we lost Ron there. Uh, yeah, he told me I, to tell you thank you, man, that he loved being on. So he just couldn't oh, yeah. get back on. Yeah. yeah, it was good to have him on. I don't know why we lost him, and I don't know why he couldn't sign back in because he, he kind of figured it out and got himself right in here. So, uh, But, yeah, uh, ran a little longer than I wanted to. Thank you guys for coming on. I know that I called you like 20 minutes before this started, but I just figured – I wanted to test out live because, um, again, and David, you might be one of the people, who knows, but um, I want to have some people on because we can have a, up to eight in the room, and I want to have some people on live discussion because I think people about, like, ride share, about delivery, because people are saying you can't make that. We're still having those same old – I get those emails all the time that, you know, you can't make that and that or doing that. You can't. And it really comes down to a market-to-market thing. And I think if I if we get a good selection from around the country, different cities, I think we would have a really good conversation that people listening would go, oh, okay, I'm getting it now. 
Yeah, I'm more yeah, where I, that I, guy is, not where that guy is. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be great, and I also think this platform works pretty well. Yeah, it does. I mean, and it, you know, again, I said it 20 minutes before we started, and um, there's four people online now, but we've had 12 come through the room. So, I mean, um, and that was with no notice at all. Literally, I put a tweet out 10 minutes before I, I went live. So, um, well, thanks, guys. Uh, I guess thanks I for having us, Steve. Both of you independently this week, but uh, um, thanks for coming on tonight. I, I guess we tested this and we'll see how it went. Sounds good, brother. Thanks for having us, and we'll chat. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good one. All right. So uh, I want to thank Ron for coming on with Entree Courier. He's uh, here in Denver like me. And if you heard me at the beginning of the podcast, um, Ron uh, is is really he's, – he's really up to – he seems really up to speed with this stuff. And he does kind of what I do with Rideshare and just gig in general – but he does it really dedicated to the app-based uh, food platforms. And he runs a podcast and he runs a website kind of like uberliftdrivers.com and uh, ridesharerodeo.com. I think, I know his handle on Twitter is Entree Courier. So I, I believe his website, I've been to it, but I don't, I hope I don't get it wrong, but I believe it is the same thing, entreecourier.com. Um, and you can go there and check out what Ron does. Um, he's a cool guy. I'm just starting to get to know him. Got to know him through, uh, David and Jimmy at, um, with para who I work with all the time. So, um, they thought we should meet and I actually, Ron and I live on different ends of the same city. So it's pretty crazy and cool that we're both doing this and, uh, both kind of approach it from different angles, but thanks guys for joining in. Um, Next time we do this, we'll have a lot more notice. And uh, anybody that's in the room tonight that uh, wanted to join in, all you have to do is just put an input into the message in the app or on a computer, whichever you're doing, um, just where it says, please input your, your message and then hit send and just say, hey, you know, I'd like to join the call. As long as we're eight shorter than eight people, I will let you on the call because uh, we're looking to get voices Um from everywhere from when we do this so uh when i go live this is uh hopefully we'll start to get people involved tonight we had four on i think it went pretty well uh we lost ron at a point and uh ron thank you for coming on david thank you for coming on jimmy thank you for coming on and uh y'all have a great night great week and uh we'll see you back here next week on the rodeo peace